When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Ole Miss Athletics Foundation would like to thank Rebel Nation for their incredible support in 2022. Thanks to your generosity, the Champions Now campaign is nearing the $52 million mark. They're looking forward to an even bigger year in 2023. So for information on supporting Ole Miss Athletics, go to givetoathletics.com. That's givetoathletics.com and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, one of the many proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. What's up, players? This is the Talk of Champions Franchise Player. Always boss player. Forever. Happy New Year. Welcome into an all-new edition of Franchise Player, a site crossover podcast of the Old Miss Spirit on 3. And inside the Rebels 247, I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Inside the Rebels. Happy New Year, man. What's up? Hello, man. Happy New Year to everyone. And uh, day two of 365, right? And, uh, you know, it's time to turn the page away from what was, frankly, a debacle to close the 22 football season. And, you know, it's time to look ahead. But it's difficult to because, Ben, there's so much fog out there because rosters aren't set because recruiting isn't over. and you know, back in the day, five years ago, we could have said, yeah, but you can't depend on any of these freshmen that are going to come in. So you kind of got what you have. So what are the depth charts going to look like? It's not that way anymore. I mean, we, we've got to know what's on this roster before um, before we really start focusing in. I see all these people with predictions of nine and three next year, all the way down to five and seven. But you just don't know right now. We don't know. We don't know who's going to be in the lineup. I feel fairly confident in saying that no Ole Miss team will finish below 500 under Lane Kiffin. Should never happen. Never happen. What's your New Year's resolution for David Johnson, also Ole Miss, in 2023? Yeah, I'm going to love more, lose 50 pounds. Um, yep, that's every year for and, me. Uh, I'm going to read more. Okay, so what is Ole Miss's New Year's resolution according to – it doesn't have to be football. It can be basketball, baseball, any sport, quite frankly, for David Johnson in 2023. Well, number one, and I hate to be so blatant and blunt, but, you know, no more football races. Can't do it. Um, not for the head coach until he shows that, you know, he is the $9.5 million man. I mean, that's just the way – he lost a lot of the fan base and not lost necessarily – I mean, everybody wants him to do good. You know, there's some aftermath of 
losing five of six and flirting, and that's a very generous word, with the Auburn job. I'm just curious where it goes from here because, like, all we know about or all we've heard from Lane Kiffin since the season ended was recruiting and potential staff changes, and they've really done some work in the transfer portal, maybe not the work or to the extent that we thought it was going to be, and it ends in mid-January. This month we're now in January, so the first window of two windows, the other one will be in April for only two weeks, is coming to a close. Do we expect anything before we jump to the staff change and stuff? Do we expect anything significant over the next couple of weeks? Because Adari Halsey, who they were in on, went to Houston. There's conflicting information out there about whether Ole Miss really wanted him or not. They did for a little while. He came in for a visit. Um, He ends up at Houston. That's the only thing that matters. So now he was the last one we all kind of felt was the closest, not necessarily that he was going to commit to Ole Miss, but he was the closest of all the ones they're in on. Where are they right now with recruiting them? I mean, I think every day is an adventure. You'd like to say, hey, we think this guy, this guy, and this guy is is going to come to Ole Miss because he's a great fit. Uh, The coaches have built or are building great relationships with them. But, Ben, you know as well as I do, it all comes down – 99% of it comes down to money. I mean, you could put something tangible on a table now that says – this is how much I want you. And so can the other schools. And if one is larger than the other, that carries a lot of weight, obviously. And personally, that's likely what happened with Halsey. As you mentioned, Ole Miss not particularly enamored with Halsey after they think about it a little bit. Whatever he was being offered from Ole Miss probably was topped by the University of Houston. And um, which wasn't necessarily Houston bidding Ole Miss so much as like Ole Miss has to consider its finite resources in NIL money. Correct. Absolutely. And so I mean, if I don't think takes, it's worth it, then they're not going to pay him that money. That's it. And then Houston goes ahead and tops him and he goes to Houston. So there's a lot of that out there. With Halsey, the reason why we kept talking about him is because all the sourcing and everything around it, there were, there just seemed to be more momentum for him. I'm not getting that same kind of momentum. Even when we were talking about Chris Marshall with TCU and Ole Miss or uh, whoever it might be, Trey Harris, we talked about these guys in particular because through the sourcing, there was momentum for those players that felt like a resolution one way or the other was coming. I don't sense that resolution with any of the remaining guys that we know about right now. What do you think? I think that you're going to start in the next day or two feeling that urgency because classes start here January 18th, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we know from last year with the Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg thing that really Ole Miss can get you in school as long as you're here by February 1. Yeah, that was a January surprise. That can still happen because kids are still getting the portal to this day. Yeah, but I think kids feel that. They – They want to end this. Anybody in the portal now does not want to be in the portal in the spring because there's just more competition in there, more people in there. You know, I think you're going to, you're going to see that urgency matriculate here in the next week or so that, um, you know, the dead period ends what in 10, 11 days or so visits can resume. Um, the urgency is about to happen again. I, I believe that. And not that there was ever a lull. I mean, we had a Christmas Day commitment, for goodness sake. Yep, I you mean, called that, by the way. 
I just felt it. I mean, you know I felt it. it. You know it. But anyhow, I, I hesitate to say this. But you're going to say it anyway. I am. I, I mean, is, is something, I'll ask this in, a, in the form of a question. Is something not broken within the program to have lost five of your last six, carrying a four-game losing streak into the the new season? We lost to a couple of teams, three if you want to ask me, Arkansas, Mississippi State, and Texas Tech. That should be in the win column, okay? Well, if you take the opinion that a team takes on the personality of its head coach – once Alabama was a loss, um, I think everybody kind of – even Lane Kiffin, they were going through the motions. At that point, it didn't matter because it's a pro mindset, and if you're not going for the grand prize, then the rest of the prizes aren't worth it. Now, I would argue that that's a silly proposition, and you're not taking into account um, the thousands and thousands of Ole Miss fans that it still matters to. I wouldn't say necessarily broken, but if you ask me that exact question a month into next season and they were still losing games, like if they went to week two to Tulane and lost – well, then we could have a real conversation. I think for now, um, it's just the byproduct of built-up expectations and not meeting them and the disappointment of that because they are still human. I know they all make a ton of money. And when you've been preparing since August, day in and day out for, what, eight to ten hours a day to go win a championship, to make it to the SEC championship in at Atlanta for the first time in school history, I could understand when there's a disappointment and there's not the same kind of eagerness to go practice and play after those dreams are dashed. I get it. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm saying I get it. I don't buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it. You think something's broken? I don't think something's broken. No, I'm just saying. No, I I didn't say I asked you if you thought something was broken. Every game is important. If you had beaten, if you had beaten Arkansas and Mississippi State and Texas Tech, and we all know they're very capable of doing that, this team would have finished 11 and two, but the fact of the matter is they didn't do it. That's right. They didn't. And they fell well short against Arkansas and Texas tech. See, that's the thing that I was sitting there watching the playoffs on new year's Eve. My biggest thing watching those games, all I could keep thinking about was how royally Ole Miss fumbled the bag this year, completely botched a real opportunity because oh. Ole Miss, in my opinion, had the same kind of horsepower as TCU didn't have the same kind of path because the big 10, 12, whatever is not as good as the SEC. It's not even the same ballpark, but Ohio state, Michigan, Jackson dart, in my opinion, was the better. Like if you put Jackson dart on Michigan, they're in the national championship today, not to say JJ McCarthy's a bad quarterback. I'm just talking about the horsepower that those teams had. It's not like you watch those four teams and went, Holy cow. Ole Miss could, is not even the same stratosphere as these teams. We're not talking about Ole Miss in the in the days of Zach Stout and Barry Brunetti and Randall Mackey rotating in at quarterback here. I look at Ole Miss's top-end roster, the 30 players it plays because of its, quote, pro mindset, right? And easily comparable to TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State, even Ohio State. Now, Georgia is better than Ole Miss top to bottom. But if you watch Georgia, this, this doesn't seem like the same inevitable number one like Alabama was for 10 years. If Ole Miss were to play TCU tomorrow, what would the final score be? Oh, TCU would beat the shit out of them. Why? Why is that? It's not talent. Why is it's it? Not, well, it's because of the stakes and how this team completely fell apart once the stakes fell apart. But but you got to ask yourself this, Ben. <clears throat> but that's a coaching problem. We're just thinking things out here. Was it fool's gold? 
the seven and zero start. See, that's the question. The competition got much better at the end. Did Ole Miss not drop anything? It's just the competition got much better, and we all knew those first seven games should be in the W column, and they were, and they were. Yeah. And we struggled sometimes against the mighty likes of Kentucky and Tulsa. Now, I will defend Ole Miss and say that was when Kentucky was considered a top-10 team and Will Levis was like the – There were people buying fool's gold about Kentucky all the time. Yeah. Sure. Agree. They ended up being a bad football team. But but it's like we forget, though, that Ole Miss wasn't leading LSU 17-3 or whatever, but they weren't up on on Alabama by 14 or 10. I can't remember. I mean, this team had the talent. But once you lost those two games, you couldn't finish the job in those two games in particular. Because even when they lost 45 to 20 or whatever it was against LSU, they were going in to score to take the retake the lead at 31, something or other. And, you know, Jackson Dart threw the interception in the end zone. And that ended that. So for me, I, I think it's less about whether it was a fluke, whether Ole Miss wasn't talented enough coaching, all these kind of things. The mental toughness that Ole Miss that you hoped Ole Miss had, they did not have. They were fragile as shit. Why were they fragile? Why? Because it was built up that you have to win this game. If you don't win this game, it's all over. And so they lose that game and they treat it like it's all over. And then we question why they have this fragile mindset. That's That's what the mindset is. Anything less than championship level is a failure. Well, once you don't reach the championship level because your math doesn't get, you know, you just can't get there because of the math, then you're going to think to yourself, well, it's all over. And you're just playing out the string for the rest of the year. The Texas Bowl is inconsequential. Again, I don't agree with it, especially when one of those losses was to your in-state rival in the Egg Bowl. So for me, if it's truly about a pro mindset, you can't. there's no more playing out the string. For me in 2023, Ole Miss football's resolution, that fragile mindset's got to go away. And it's not just on the field either. It's off the field and how they kind of change the overall, the operation in total, including staff changes, which I think are going to come. We don't know that, though, because now it's January and we still haven't gotten any resolution on that either. Yeah, and, you know, with the bowl game only a few days ago, it doesn't really surprise me. Coaches may know they're not going to be retained, but they're given a grace period to, quote, unquote, find something else leave on their own, things like that. I do believe there is some there are there are some workings going on behind the scenes. Over under two and a half staff changes. I think it's going to be over. Look, Ole Miss has got to have teeth on the defensive side of the football. And I think we had a top 10 offense and I think the defense was around 75th in the country, Ben. After starting so hot. If you really want to make the argument that Ole Miss trailed off after the competition got stiffer, I could buy it for the defense. Offensively, I I would put that far more on schematics. Lane Kiffin hired Charlie Weiss Jr. from South Florida. All right? South Florida was in the 100s in offense, total offense under Charlie Weiss. And this year they were in the 60s. And Ole Miss, meanwhile, I'm not saying he's the entire problem. I'm saying he didn't really bring anything that gives you all kinds of confidence either. No, I agree. I mean, we've talked to Charlie Weiss exactly once um, since he's been hired here, and he made it clear in no uncertain terms he was there to do what Lane wanted him to do, period. You know, the question is how much of this offense 
does Charlie call versus how much Lane calls, okay? And I'm going to say it tilts heavily towards Lane uh, in terms of uh, who's actually calling the offense. I think it always has. Fact or yep. fiction, are you buying it or selling it, all right? Pete Golding gets let go at Alabama and becomes a co-DC at Ole Miss with Chris Partridge. Do you buy it a little bit, a lot, all of it, sell all of it, what? I like Pete and you know, I've known Pete since he was a high school player. I, I, I covered him at Delta state. Um, I've stayed in touch with him through the years. He recruited Eli, my Eli, when he was at Southern Miss. Um, but I think everybody is, and I, I said this on the board last night. I think all these things are, you're a little out over your skis on that right now. Not saying it won't happen. It could happen today. Um, but my next question, with all due respect to Pete, is why? why do feel you, very, that would feel very much like change for change's sake. Yeah, why do you think Pete is going to come here and fix your defense when he's got the best athletes in the world in Alabama and, and their defense has been an issue there? Well, the only argument is, is he an improvement over Chris Partridge as a play caller, defense coordinator? And to that, I think it's a resounding yes. Even not being Alabama dominant Alabama, he has more of a proven track record than Chris Partridge, whose early returns in his first years at D.C. was mixed at best. With, with better players. With, with better players. Yeah. Pete's a great guy. Old Miss fans will love him until his defense goes up against Alabama. It could be real, but – I'm hearing from a very definitive source, hold your horses. Everybody's a little out over their skis. You know, we've kind of stumbled into another round of buy or sell. So let's just full on lean into it. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Idiots, get back in there at once and sell, sell. All right, here's a buy or sell for you. Chris Partridge will be the primary play caller next year as the defensive coordinator, co-defensive coordinator. Buy or sell? Sell. So that means they're bringing somebody in, not necessarily Pete Gold. I think Partridge could very easily remain on this Ole Miss staff. But I think the levers to that defense could very easily transfer to a new guy. That's all I'm saying. Buy or sell? And I'll give you my answer on this too. Buy or sell? Both Charlie Weiss and John David Baker will be on the staff next year together again. That's a push. I, I mean, it's a push because, you know, we don't know what opportunities are going to open up for John David Baker. Um, if, if it was a choice between Charlie Weiss and John David Baker, who do you think Lane would go with? Baker. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I think Baker is a, a proven football coach at this point. Not saying Charlie Weiss isn't, but – and a top three recruiter for Ole Miss right now. He's, yeah, he's a good recruiter. He is. He is that. I would agree. I would sell that. I think one of them won't be back. 2022 was an outstanding year for Ole Miss athletics, punctuated by the baseball team winning the College World Series. As the calendar year comes to an end, please consider supporting Ole Miss athletics with your year-end giving to help them sustain their incredible momentum. 
For more information on ways to give to Ole Miss Athletics, visit their websites at www.givetoathletics.com or www.championsnowolemiss.com. That's www.givetoathletics.com or www.championsnowolemiss.com or call their office at 662-915-7159. That's the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, one of the many proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. When's the last time you thought about retirement? What about saving for your kid's college? In these crazy economic times, working with a professional is of the utmost importance, and that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group, and he wants to help you make the right decisions for your financial future. So give him a call today at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. 0186 and tell them that Ben sent you for a no-cost consultation 
and get started toward financial independence today with Thomas Chandler of Capital Financial Group. You get back to what you just said about Weiss and Baker. The position Weiss is in charge of, the quarterback, played well. Got year. better. Yeah. All missed tight ends were basically non-existent. Thank you, Jonathan Mingo, for filling in, I suppose. Yeah, I disagree with that. That's not on John David Baker. Michael Trigg was a shithead. Hudson <laughs> Wolf doesn't exist. Casey Kelly yeah. is limited and then got hurt. Yeah, I yeah, repeat, the true freshman. Result-oriented business. That's I agree. All. Okay, well, then if it's a results-oriented business, then why would you not give credit to John David Baker for having two wide receivers in the last four weeks of the year in Jordan Watkins and Jonathan Mingo and turning them into serviceable tight ends? He did do that. Buy or sell. The next portal edition will come on defense and not on offense. Man, that's a push. You just not, never know. You, everything points to Ole Miss needing defensive help. Right. In the, but you never know. I mean, they're going to take a guy when a guy's ready to be taken. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to predict either one. I'm buying an offensive player over a defensive player next. I think offensive line is now – more of an urgency than it was. Well, it, has, it has to be because Jeremy James is now getting surgery this week. And, you know, he's not going to be, be out there in the spring. And, you know, are you going to just hedge all your bets on that surgery is going to go great? Uh, it's At least a he's back next year, though. At least we know that. Yeah, Zach Evans has declared for the draft. We expected that. But does that make running back? Buy or sell running back is now more of a need because Zach Evans is officially going pro. Well, you do, you do have uh, Kedrick Reese Kanu coming in. Yeah, he just stood. So that that'll be a help there. We keep forgetting about Ulysses Bentley too. At least I do. I'm sorry, I don't want to speak for you, but I, I keep forgetting that he's on the team. He's a good player. Yeah, he is. And uh, you know, you, there's one way of looking at it, and you go, okay, we got the best running back in the SEC. We'll find a second ball carrier out of this group. So running back is not pressing. But if the right one comes along in the portal, Ben, you, you, you jump on it. You absolutely jump on it. That feels but like a second window addition, though, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's going to be difficult for Ole Miss to be able to attract right. a right. running back here because right. the running back's in the portal because he wasn't getting enough carries somewhere else. Or, you know, it's a guy like maybe, uh, <clears throat> okay, Carson Steele at Ball State who ran for 1,500 yards this year. And everybody's going, man, this guy can play bigger ball than the Mac. So, you know, but Quinshawn Judkins is a good reason for a portal running back not to choose to come to Ole Miss. He's got two more years left here. I'm not going to lie. We've both been hearing this for months. Like ever since Zach signed on, it was going to be a one-and-done guy. So it wasn't a surprise what the outcome was. He ends up declaring early for the draft. However. Because it lasted so long, he didn't say he was just a good soldier. He practiced. He played in the ball game. Really a model citizen after there were some rumors. I mean, Zach had some stuff in recruiting and then at TCU. And yet he came to Ole Miss and just did his job and did it well. Unfortunately, dealt with some injuries and stuff like that. But I have nothing but love for Zach Evans. He's going to be an absolute stud in the NFL. I can't wait to watch him. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, again, this is a numbers result-oriented business. He almost ran for a thousand yards this year, being beat up and banged up and injured, and having to contend for carries with Quinshawn. 
Yeah, exactly right. Like so, a record-setting running back, one of the great—I mean, the greatest single-season rushing, um, you know, a, a performance in in school history. One of the most impressive in SEC history, behind only like Nick Chubb and Noshawn Moreno at Georgia. Like those guys yeah. had the only other seasons that were better than Quinshawn as a true freshman in the SEC, and he had to contend with that and still almost rush for a thousand. So, like, the outcome is exactly what we all expected and we'd heard since he signed on. However, because it lasted into Christmas, I'd gotten some hope, some real hope. I was like, holy cow, Zach Evans comes back. Man, that, that he could just cover up with Quinshawn so much, even if they don't get this guy or that guy. And then he declares, as we all expected. I'm not going to lie, even knowing what was going to happen, that he was going to declare ultimately. At some point, eventually, it was inevitable he was going to declare for the draft. I still felt a tinge of like, oh, man. <laughs> it was like, shit, he had been so good. He had been so good. Yeah. Be honest, as you're sitting there watching TCU beat Michigan Saturday, mm. the national title game, are you not going? They lost two of their best players in the portal to Ole Miss in Zach Evans and Kari Coleman. How in the heck did they reload and, and, and get to the national title game? Did you not have that thought? About oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm more thought from like the vantage point of Zach and and Kari, do they have any regret? And if we could talk to these guys, I would, I'd love to know that answer. But I would say that Ole Miss, you know, up to a point when the math just became impossible, Ole Miss was TCU, except in the greatest conference. What's unfortunate, when I talked about in the early in the show about fumbling the back, all right, they decided that Alabama, after Alabama and LSU, the season was over. There was no coming back from that. Had they just won out? Like, certainly if they beat Alabama, they are in the playoff at 11-1. and one. 11 and one slam dunk. So that's why I come back to, I agree with you. I agree with a lot of people who said it on Twitter in my mentions at Spirit Ben or on the message board at the Old Miss Spirit on three years too, inside the Rebels 247. Every game matters because you can't assume anything in this league. You can't assume anything in this sport. So like for them to yeah. just basically fold up shop and be done, y'all don't even look at the opportunity you fumble just by continuing to play and play to the best of your ability, not flirting with other schools lane, not uh, taking the focus away from the one thing that needed to be the focus. And that's winning games. Cause had you won games, there's no tell telling where you could have ended up. Cause there's, there's four teams in the playoff, Ohio state or were Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, and TCU. Only Georgia. Did I watch over the weekend and think, man, that team's so much better than Ole Miss. Ole Miss at its best, Ole Miss at its peak performance. Could play with every one of those teams. Good as it had better or at least equal, equal top end talent. Well, Zach well, Evans was every bit as good as whatever TCU was running out there. Just playing the devil's advocate. What game did you see Ole Miss at its peak performance that you're talking about this year? What game I never that? felt more confident about Ole Miss football this year or maybe in recent times than in the first half against LSU. I went, holy, holy crap, this team is for real. I can buy that. This team is for real. This is everything we thought they were. They were we we'd been saying, oh God, they're about to find out. We're about to find out. We're about to see. Are they for real? Like we were talking about, could this team be better than last year? The first 10 win regular season in Ole Miss history last year. And we were talking, we had a podcast about that. It could be. And yeah. in the first half against LSU, they looked exactly like I think I had dreams of the playoff. I had dreams of the SEC West Championship. I saw it. And we were all feeling good first half in Baton Rouge. But for you to say Ole Miss is on the same level with TCU, Michigan, Ohio State, and Georgia, not Georgia. I said Georgia would have beat the crap out of them. Okay. Okay. And I said earlier this year I thought Ole Miss would beat Clemson by 20. I still think that. 
Um, Clemson was not very good this year. They were not. But I don't know what you were watching at the tail end of the season. Oh, no, no, no. I agree with you. I'm saying, okay, had they played peak performance? Michigan, this is the hottest of hot takes. I can't believe you pulled this out of me this morning. Michigan, TCU, not Georgia, or Ohio State. For that, in that same week, that same game that they played LSU, in that first half, it would have been exactly the same thing. They would have been ahead of each one of those teams. They would have punched him in the mouth. But this team was so weak-minded. I'm trying to diagnose what happened. And a lot of people want to put a lot of blame in different spots. And to me, they were just weak-minded. And that comes from the head coach because the head coach has never been fully bought in. But now he has to be. He's in year four. He's never stayed anywhere longer than three. He has to build something for the first time in his career. So now everybody, there's been clarity of purpose for the fan base uh, with the bloom being off the rose for Lane and his honeymoon being over for three years. It's with Lane, you are here. This is your program. Oh shit, I gotta, I gotta go out there and I gotta build players too. So in 2023, y'all gotta get your mind right. Cause it's one thing to talk a big talk. It's another thing to go out there and do it. Cause Kirby Smart, he's he's he handles things a little differently now. It's changing with this recruiting cycle with Georgia. They will work in the portal. But yeah, they got Ra Ra Thomas. What am I saying? You're do right. you know how many portal players are on the Georgia roster right now? I don't. Zero. None. Kirby has not taken a portal player. And, you know, Georgia is doing it with a quarterback who probably has no NFL future. No. We're talking about moving ahead. Yep. Two interesting non-conference games okay. next year for the Rebels. A road trip to Tulane, who Ugh. is playing USC today Ugh. in a big-time bowl game. And then Georgia Tech, who improved drastically after the Rebels beat them down in Atlanta oh, and they made the coaching change. Um, those are interesting games now. Yeah. And I know Ole Miss should win both of them. But then you Gordon got to go Georgia, Bama, David. Oh, I know. I know. I, I mean, th- but those two games now all of a sudden are nothing to sniff at. Now, I, I, I think Ole Miss beats both of them. But – and I don't know Tulane's roster, but if it's anything like it was this year, they're they're not going to be an easy out at their own stadium, an SEC team coming into Tulane. All right, here you go then. The final buy or sell to round this out. You ready? Yeah. Buy or sell over eight and a half wins for Ole Miss next year. This year, it's 2023. Sell. I'm buying. I just, I just don't know enough right now. So you're saying nine wins? At least, because that's what it has at to least, be. At least. Alabama and Georgia. That's what it has to be. That's my point. LSU, Arkansas. With I, agree. I, I mean, agree. I agree. Mean, I can't go to nine. I just can't. I don't think it matters who they get in the portal the rest of the way. I, I mean, man, look, Texas A&M and Jimbo, this has got to be his year, or they're going to fire him. But I, I mean, agree with you. That's my thing. All of those things are true. I understand why you say, oh, under. I should say under as well. I don't because it can't be under. It can't be. That's what Lane Kiffin has said. What if it is? That's a great question. Five years is an eternity in this sport, in college football, for a head coach now. That's an eternity. Where does Dart rank among SEC quarterbacks? Is he top tier, middle of the pack, lower tier? Where, Where do you rank him? 
I'd probably put him at sixth or seventh right now, but by the end of next year, he needs to be in the top three. Fair enough. That's fair enough. And that is just as much on Lane Kiffin than it is on Jackson Dart. He has told me that eight wins isn't enough. So it has to be over eight and a half in 2023. And I know what they got in front of them, including Tulane and Georgia Tech. You told me that it has to be more. So I'm going to hold you to that. And then this time next year, if it's not, now we're talking about year five. And everything that's been so fun and wonderful in the return of Ole Miss football in the last three years, we've got to have a real conversation. I wish we played Mercer tomorrow. Me too, man. There's going to be a lot of guessing going on between now and then. They could have been, I mean, like you said, they could have been 11-1 and one and in the playoffs. That's all Give I can about. LSU lost, but every other game, they were competitive with Alabama down to the wire. They could have won that. See, that's what sucks. It hadn't felt this wide open in college football. I know Georgia's awesome. Georgia's really good. But does it not feel more wide open than it has in recent years where every team that's supposed to be the inevitable team ends up being beatable? And it's not like Alabama was the Alabama of old. So for Ole Miss, top-end talent, not depth of roster, which is what separates the good teams and the great teams, but Ole Miss top-end talent could have played with any of these teams. They showed it in the first half against LSU. They showed it against Alabama. I think they could have, like, at their peak performance, if Georgia was the, was the opponent going into LSU week, then LSU. If it was not LSU, instead was Georgia, I think Ole Miss would have given them the same effort as they did against LSU, where they had an opportunity. It was just a toe-to-toe, body-blow-after-body-blow battle. Ole Miss to LSU, there was no obvious LSU is better than this team, not for two and a half quarters until Jackson Dart threw the interception. That just fragile mindset of this overall team, and it crumbled. It was a house of cards, I guess. You know, Georgia and TCU are playing for the national title a week from tonight, and you know, traditionally, we're SEC, right? Everybody's going to pull for the SEC team. You want Georgia. You want to keep it in the conference. If you need another reason why you might pull for TCU in this game, and I'll throw this at you. I'm going to see how astute you are. Of course, there's a tie-in at Ole Miss with Johnny Vaughn and TCU. But do you know there is an Oxford, Mississippi native on the TCU staff that could win a national championship ring next Monday night. Do you know who that is? Because I'm going to throw it out there. Former Lafayette linebacker Quinn Jones, teammate of my sons at Lafayette, is a graduate assistant on Sonny Dyke's TCU staff. And uh, that's enough reason for me to pull for TCU. I hope Quinn gets that ring. That would be incredible. And – you know why I'm pulling for TCU? That's awesome, and I hope that happens for him. You know why I'm pulling for TCU? Because I'm pulling for parity. And that's why, to finish this whole thing out, Ole Miss at its peak performance could have played with these teams. I'm, I'm most excited about the playoff, the expanded playoff. If Ole Miss at its peak performance would have known it could still gotten in, even losing those games, I would have loved to see Ole Miss, a fully motivated Ole Miss, in the expanded playoff because I believe they would have given it a heck of a run, especially with the way Jackson Dart was playing toward the end of the year. Jackson Dart did not lose motivation. If anything, he got more motivated, and his play reflected that. It seemed like a lot of others, including Lane Kiffin, were checked out. Yeah, and Jackson did play hard. I mean, just to be accountable here, he did have three interceptions and a lost fumble in the Texas Bowl. So, you know, he just was getting to, harassed, man. Come on. Okay. okay. It's always offensive line's fault. I understand. But 
Not always. Um, not always. No, that's not. No, not always. But it was in the Texas Bowl. It was. It was. I agree. But but I pointed out before kickoff. I, I wrote a story. Put it on my front page. The key to this game is how the offensive line plays simply because basically they didn't have a coach. John Garrison didn't get here three weeks ago and become their own line coach or change anything. Who he coached him in the practices? I don't even know. John did. John Garrison. Oh, okay. He hit the road running. But, you know, it's almost like you get back to that Independence Bowl when Cutcliffe coached and he relied so heavily on Matt Luke, who was a center on that team to kind of tell him, show him what they were doing up front. Um, I would imagine there were a lot of garrison conversations with players. It was, it was the perfect recipe for some confusion. And, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what happened there. It's not John Garrison's fault. It's not the offensive line's fault that Jake Thornton is living in Auburn, Alabama. And that was a tough one right there. And uh, it proved to be true. Proved to come to fruition there. It's a new year. Uh, not a maybe not a lot of, to be excited about with men's basketball. We're just going to start. Women's basketball that. beat Mississippi State and Starkville for the first time in 15 years. Women's basketball, they're feeling it, man. They're 13 and two, two and zero oh in the SEC. Both of their losses, competitive losses to nationally ranked teams. This team is better than last year's team for for Coach O. Do they have the same upside as 2007 in the Elite Eight run? Possibly, yeah. Even without Possibly. Shakir Austin? Yeah, yeah. They do. All they right. do. When you have a player as good as Shakir Austin, so much of everything is is angled towards her. And to, for her to highlight her abilities, I don't know that they have that player on the team this year. They've got girls like Angel Baker stepping up and dropping in 22 in Startwell yesterday. Madison Scott, Maya Taylor, the transfer point guard from Mississippi State. They're deeper. They're deeper. And they, they are. You know how you can watch a team, follow a team, and you feel it like they have each other and they're, they're a team? They really are. I'm expecting big things out of them. Yeah, which is the way Ole Miss football didn't feel after Alabama. No, no, it didn't feel that way. You're right. Yeah. You're exactly right. I will say I'm still optimistic, really optimistic about what Ole Miss football can be in 2023 under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. The best possible outcome for this offseason, regardless of how it ended after the Alabama game, was Lane Kiffin staying as head coach. But now they're at that precipice. They could get there if they wanted to. It's just now and then to prove it. Well, they've got so, to re retool the defense. Yeah. That has to happen. It's been Franchise Player. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bit on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I write for the Old Miss Spirit on three. He writes for Inside the Rebels247. Subscribe, rate, review, talk for champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. It was fun, man. Hotty toddy, everybody. And happy New Year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.